Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Hey, Rudder Nation. I'm one in a hundred. What? Should I be one in a million? Uh, anyway, the podcast Bleeding Daylight is celebrating its 100th episode this week, and I'm one of those 100 guests, and that's why I meant I'm one in a hundred. Uh, so go check out Bleeding Daylight, and you can also find my episode at bleedingdaylight.net slash E as an echo or episode slash Jerry dash Dugan dash beyond dash the dash. I'll just put it in the show notes of this episode, beyond the rut.com slash three one seven, but go check out bleeding daylight.net. Uh, it's on Apple podcast, Spotify, uh, Google podcast, Stitcher, all those places bleeding daylight. So go check it out. Rodney Olson is the host of the show. He's from the land down under. Um, I think I even made the joke about shrimp and a Barbie because, you know, that's what us Americans do. We hear Australia and we think, you know, we're going to put another shrimp on the Barbie. I'm sorry, Rodney, but you were a great host and you treated me well. And it was a really good conversation. Uh, so congratulations, Rodney, on episode 100. May you have a hundred more and many more after that. Here we go. Well, I mean, I, I will say that the money's never worth it. The money is never worth the drain on the energy. Um, because if you think about it, what's more valuable than money? And that's, that's time. That's every breath and every heartbeat you have. Hey, Rudder Nation. This is another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to be joined by Jonah Larkin. Jonah started entrepreneurship in his life at a young age. He was selling NFL pencils in school and at, in his early 20s had opened a what they call a click and mortar business selling skateboards online. Now, over time, though, despite his success, he began to burn out. He was recognizing burnout in his life and just lost the joy of the business. He wasn't laughing anymore. He just was tired. He was turning to substances to cope with the day. And if this sounds like you, then you want to listen to Jonah's six ways to immediately boost your energy when you're recognizing burnout. And that's what we're talking about. So what did burnout look like for him? What did he do to overcome that? And what are the six ways he recommends all of us to build the life that is meaningful for ourselves? So sit back and relax unless you are assembling tacos uh, because Taco Tuesday is coming. Uh, actually, you can listen to the show and assemble those tacos. And on top of that, find out my address and send me some tacos because, man, this is so good. OK, here we go. All right. Hey, Jonah, how are you doing in the great land of California? Pretty good, Jerry. Uh, just sitting out here uh, looking over the uh, tide drain out of Morro Bay. So, yeah, feeling feeling well this morning. Thanks. I shared with you earlier, you know, California is my home state. Um, fortunately, my wife doesn't listen to this show, so she's not going to put me in the doghouse for saying that. She's like, you're in Texas now. Just buy a Cowboys jersey and get it over with. I'm like, no. You got to claim it, man. Where's, <laughs> where's your 10-gallon hat? No, right? just kidding. Not everyone in Texas is a cowboy. I know uh, that. They're shocked I don't own a truck and I don't go hunting. They're like, really? <laughs> but you're in the Army. I don't get it. I'm like, it's okay. It's called diversity. We got this. 
but the reason why we had you on, uh, the folks over at Interview Valet reached out to me and shared with me your biography, your business, and, and you help people achieve daily habits to achieve their goals. And then I dug a little bit deeper into your story and I was like, okay, we got to have Joan on here uh, because we could all benefit from your story. And so I think I want to just dive right in. Uh, what I understand is that, I mean, if we go back early 2000s, uh, so for those of us who are really young, uh, that's right after the late 1900s. And I hate you guys for thinking about time that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, about 2005. So when we lead up to 2005, you're a young man, you're making your wealth, you're building riches, and people are looking at you like you've got it made. And the reality is deep down inside, you don't feel like you've got it made. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about where you were and where you were stuck in that time frame? Yeah, 100%. So I had, uh, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life, ever since I started uh, selling NFL football pencils to uh, my classmates when I was in fourth grade. Yeah. And um, I had started uh, several different businesses. And at the time in 2005, I had a started a uh, what's called a click and mortar, I guess. So we had brick and mortar stores and uh, also e-commerce. Uh, I was one of the first people to sell skateboards online uh, on the internet. <clears throat> and so grew that company into a pretty solid business. And yeah, like you said, people <clears throat> would walk into my stores, they would see the website and they'd be like, oh man, this just must be a cash cow. This must just be a money maker. And while it was making money, I was not a happy camper at all. Um, I was working 80 hours a week, wasn't exactly the healthiest, was drinking too much, and really had lost my connection to the things I love. One of those, which is surfing. And funny enough, I owned a skateboard shop and a surf shop and a big website that was selling all those things. And yet I wasn't doing the very thing that originally got me into doing it in the first place. So I sold uh, the company and I didn't know how burned out I was. I didn't actually realize how depressed I was. Uh, Nonetheless, I took two years off, did a whole bunch of sitting on the couch and uh, watching movies. But I also went and uh, started traveling all around the world. Um, Don't know how many countries I went to, but one of the things that I ended up doing was I ended up going on a six-week meditation retreat. And what is a six-week meditation retreat? Well, that's basically where you show up and you sit and meditate for 12 to 14 hours a day, day after day for six weeks. And it was such an incredible, deep, profound, challenging, amazing, wonderful, hellish experience. Um, But it showed me things about myself that I didn't know about myself. And that was, uh, I wouldn't say the beginning, but it was the start of a much deeper dive into finding purpose and finding meaning in my own life. Now, looking back, what would be some of the things that you would say, ah, that's burnout. That's what I was going through. And I just had to get out of there because there there may be people listening in right now, like going through this, not realizing, oh, I'm going through the same thing. That's it. That's a great question, Jerry. I think, uh, you know, for me, 
number one is just how much are you actually laughing? Like how much time are you spending laughing with people that you love and care about? And the truth was, is I was pretty isolated at the time. I was just nose to the grindstone, really just like focused on business, 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 business to uh, the detriment of everything else. The second thing was, is that I wasn't very well rounded at that point. I wasn't really exercising. Um, I was using substances. I mean, I've never been a big drinker, but I was drinking, you know, almost every night, not a ton, but for me, that's a big deal. So I was using substances to relax and I wasn't well-rounded in my overall health and well-being and wellness. It was just all business all the time. And that to me is a sign of stress, essentially. So if you can only focus on one thing to the detriment of friends, family, exercise, health, well-being, creativity, purpose, and connection, then by definition, you are burned out. And the reason why I didn't know I was burned out, it's kind of like, you know, when you put a, uh, in a, in a crab in a pot to boil it, it doesn't actually realize it's being boiled because uh, yeah. the temperature goes up so gradually. And it's the same thing with stress. Humans are incredibly resilient. We can handle tremendous amounts of stress. We can actually handle chronic stress for quite a while before we, you know, keel over and, and, and die. But, you know, if you see yourself not doing the things that you absolutely love. If you see yourself not in a state where you feel like you're performing really well and happy and have time to spend with other people and do those things, you might want to check in and ask other people, Hey, how do you think I'm doing? Yeah. I've heard that time and again, where it's like something that you jumped into because it was your passion, whether it was a nursing career, a business, uh, gosh, some folks get into coding and programming because they loved doing that. They wanted to create their own game someday. And, and the, they were passionate about it when they dove in. And at some point, that it's that gradual shift. And if they found themselves just thinking, ah, I've got to go in today, or I have to do this, or how do I get this thing done? And, and instead of, I get to go in today and work on this project, or I get to go in today and help patients go through the worst time of their lives, I get to be a bright spot in somebody's life because of the work I do, then yeah, they, they've hit that point. It probably sounds like it was the same thing for you. Like your passion is surfing and, you know, the offshoot of that is skateboarding and, you know, hey, it's the Internet of Things. I can sell those things to other people here. And it, it sounds like you also hit that point of, I got to run the business. I have to do this. Yeah. And yeah, and like yeah. I said, it took you away from the very things you love doing. You're 100% right about that. That's, that is the thing. If, if you're waking up going, oh God, I don't know if I can do this another day. I don't know if I want to do this another day. That is definitely a sign of burnout. And <laughs> there's also lots of other signs of burnout. I mean, I have a client right now who's uh, having panic attacks and trying to do all these things to mitigate the fact that he's having panic attacks and he knows it's his job. He knows that it's the one place he doesn't want to be. And yet 
There is such a tremendous amount of resistance to saying, hey, this isn't working for me. I need to do something else. We are cut off as a culture, as a society and individuals from the signals that we're getting from our own body. It's one of the reasons why so many people um, are taking pharmaceutical medications for, um, you know, mood disorders and things like that. It's because we're essentially cut off from the things that make us well. Yeah. That's, yeah. And and nothing and 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 I say that without anything against uh taking uh pharmaceuticals. I have members of my family who are taking them and who benefit from them. And so it's not a critique of the individual, but it's a critique of what's happening in our culture and the fact that we are actually so removed from what works for us. And that whole person approach too. It's just like, you know, let's fix this one little thing. And it's like, what if the problem is something more systemic? It's outlook on life. It's daily habits. It's uh, the environment I put myself in, the diet I'm bringing into my body. Uh, and yeah, one simple pill or one chemical change may not be enough to really offset what's going on. It's not the, uh, what do they call it? The root cause. If you're doing a root cause analysis. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, after I was, uh, after I got completely burned out, did my travels, I actually became an acupuncturist because I was looking for, I was looking for health and wellness for myself. And, you know, one of the fundamental principles of acupuncture is forget about the symptoms. The symptoms are literally the symptoms of the problem. You never attack the symptoms. You always, always, always look for the root cause. And, you know, the root cause is once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is actually the root cause? But it's deeper. And, and the deeper you get in terms of finding out what the root is, well, the easier it is to uh, understand what's happening, the easier it is to get better, the easier it is to perform better and, you know, ultimately make a contribution if that's what your goal is. And, you know, I know, I know that's what yours is and certainly mine as well. Oh yeah. I, I personally believe that the best goals to pursue are the ones that pour into other people's lives. Uh, it's, you know, that's for me, it works for other people. I don't know if it works for everybody, but I think on some level, if you're doing something for others and contributing to society and the world as a whole, it, it just feels yeah. like, ah, okay, now I can die. Well, not right now, yeah. now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fundamental I, I, I believe that yeah, that's it's like a fundamental desire of of humans is to be useful. Um, you know, unless of course you're a sociopath or a psychopath right. and it's all about <laughs> you. And you know, we do have those people, but um, you know, I don't want to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, they're scary. They're, you make series on Netflix about them, <laughs> documentaries. Uh oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh uh, yeah, my wife and I are watching a show called uh The Worst Roommate Ever, and it's about roommates who do some kind of crime against all well, their roommates. Uh, now she's been watching me with a little bit more keen eye. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. When you put it in your head, you start to <laughs> looking doubt over your partner. At you. like, she's looking over at you. What's he what's plotting? Us? And I'm like, what's she plotting? Oh, you cooked dinner today. Hmm. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that had nothing to do with our conversation, but it was there and uh, it's going to stay. Now, a couple of neat initial steps that I noticed that you had taken. So you, you hit this point where it was just like, ah, I got to get away from this. And you took action. You, you didn't just stay in that rut and, well, this is just what it is. I'll work out of it eventually. You said, I got to get this out of my plate. This is gone. And so you sold that business and then you took time for yourself to, you know, take a break, to soul search, to 
really get that clarity. And, and it, it sounds like you went on a 10 year journey. I mean, of course you earned income during that time. You became an acupuncturist. Um, I think the key thing that a lot of people may miss, though, is that, I mean, you sold the business, which probably provided you the means to launch whatever it was you did. And for somebody else, it might be cashing in their savings. Maybe it's, uh, you know, creating a nest egg so they can make that escape from whatever it is that's just draining their energy. And those are decision points, too, I think people need to make, uh, especially if they need to get away from something that's just burning them out, sucking the life out of them. No real yeah. question there. Just <laughs> well, I mean, I I will say that the money is never worth it. The money is never worth the drain on the energy, um, because if you think about it, what's more valuable than money? And that's that's time. That's every breath and every heartbeat you have. And so the question is, you know, how much are you actually willing to sacrifice, and what are you sacrificing for? Because you know, we have this, we have these uh, internal built-in biases that basically allow us to get up and do the same thing day after day, week after week, year after year. And pretty soon, you know, you realize, oh my God, I haven't done the things that I actually want to do. The things that really bring me alive, the things that bring me joy and the things that like make life worth living and the money is never worth it. So if you are doing the thing for money, you know, that's a personal choice. I'm not going to tell anybody not to, but, but the question is, are you are you living as your best right and yeah. and you know the the thing is is we as individuals i'm like not a very good uh arbiter of that but if i ask a friend of mine hey man how do you think i'm doing they'll tell you the truth you know it's the people around you they're the ones who you need to get feedback from. Asking yourself, how am I doing? We know it inside, but we can lie to ourselves way easier than we can lie to other people. Yeah. Oh, I forget the name of the phenomenon. It's that one where you think you're doing better than you really are. And... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's some <laughs> it's some cognitive bias we have. Yes. But yeah. I'll have to find that and put that in the show notes of this episode. But yeah, it's 100%. Just, yeah, sometimes when we're asked about our own performance, we might just feed ourselves a line like, oh, yeah, it's going great. I've got this going. I got that going. And, you know, the reality is maybe your family life's falling apart or your health is not as good as you think it is. Or, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's there. All of and, it. Yeah. It takes, it. takes courage to take a look at that and say, oh, I'm not where I wanted to be. Um, so, you know, shifting gears a little bit, let's say somebody listening to this has hit that decision point. I've got to make a change. So maybe I'm leaving the job I've got. Maybe I'm not leaving just yet, but I'm at least going to take a week or two off of work, finally use that paid time off I've been accruing and just tell my boss, hey, tough luck. I need to take this time. I'm, I'm falling apart here. Um, and take that time to really reflect. So they, they've taken the time. They've separated. It's just them. They're now taking some time to either meditate or reflect or journal, whatever it is that's going to help them hone in. Uh, and now it's time to start creating some goals. Where do I really want to go with my life? And I've got those goals written. How do they go about achieving those goals through daily habits? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in uh, first principles thinking. First principles thinking is basically the idea that uh, you can take any any practice or discipline like physics, for instance, and it can be broken down into its fundamental uh fundamental pieces that can no, can't be reduced to anything deeper than that. 
And so first, when I think of uh, goals and achievement and all that stuff, there are some first principles that I think are super important. The first thing is one to take 100% responsibility for what's happening in your life and the results that are happening. Like, Hey, you, you, uh, you know, you're not getting along with your wife. You think, you think she's being mean to you. It's your fault. You don't like your job. It's your fault. It's not your jerk boss. It's, it's you. Um, and you know, is that necessarily true? I don't know if it's true, but without that mindset, you're just going to blame other people, other circumstances, everything else in your life, instead of taking responsibility, you know, you've, you owe a bunch of money on your credit cards. That's on you. And the thing is, is if you can get to that point and not blame yourself, oh my God, it's incredibly freeing. And the best way to do it is just to tell another human being who's not going to judge you for it. Hey, you know what? Uh, I've got a gambling problem and I'm $82,000 in debt. Tell somebody, you know, get a therapist, do something like that. So that's, that is the number one thing is, uh, just start off with where you are. And then after that, then you can decide where it is that you want to be. And uh, when you, you know, one of the big mistakes that I found in my coaching is that when people think about where it is they want to be, they think about what's in the realm of the possible, which is a really horrible way to think about what you want. Right, Jerry? I I mean, isn't it? (laughs) It's like, it's not a good way because like, If you're like, ah, you know, I'd really like to, uh, you know, lose five pounds, like, cool, great. But is that really what you want? Or do you want to like, you know, do you want to like look great on the beach? Do you want to run a marathon? You know, do you want to compete in jujitsu? Like, think about things in terms of what would really fire you up inside. And uh, one of, one of my mentors, uh, Chris Kluver, incredible coach, you know, he says, uh, he says, extraordinary lives in the land of the unreasonable. And so you have to be willing to be unreasonable just to actually find out what it is that you want. Uh, If you've read uh, Will Smith's book, uh, it's a great book for a lot of different reasons and very interesting. And, and he gets to this point where, um, you know, he's never really done anything in his life for himself. It's all about this performance anxiety. And he gets to this point and he's talking with the therapist and she's like, well, what do you really, really want? He's like, you know, I just want a harem of women. And he, they go through this whole process of figuring out who's going to be in it and all that stuff. And he like, makes plans to call them. And then he realizes, oh, my God, that's actually not what I want. But the point is, is allowing himself to think like that pointed him back to what he really wanted. So you've got to decide what it is that you want. And once you've decided what it is that you want, then you can start designing the behaviors, putting yourself in the environment and doing the things that will start to get you there. And I recommend, you know, taking the first tiny, tiny step. So let we can do it right now. Like our listeners, if there's something you really, really want, here's the question. Like, Maybe you want to earn a million bucks. Maybe you want to marry the uh, woman or man of your dreams. Maybe you want to, um, you know, go on around the world adventure. What is one thing you could do right here, right now? Simple, small. Could you call somebody? Could you uh, fill out a dating profile on an app? 
could you um, write down five ideas about a business that you might want to start? Like, what is one thing you can do right now? It's very important to always follow momentum because momentum is what helps us do things. And so, you know, that's my question. What can you do right now? It doesn't have to be big. It can be really small. But what is that thing you'd like to do? Pausing for effect. <laughs> <laughs> the dramatic pause. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's just like, it takes them beyond that, you know, one day I ought to do blank or, you know, that's so far away. But then when you really ask that question, what can I do right now to, to get that ball rolling? Now you've taken that first step. And that's like that, that was it a Chinese proverb? The, the way you complete a 1000 mile journey is you take that first step. Yeah. And then just repeat. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> that's, and, and that's one of the things that I use uh, for habit creation is, you really want it, whatever habit it is that you want to do, say like, so I'm, I'm writing a book right now. Um, and, uh, I'm slated. I've, I've given myself 30 days to uh, finish my first draft. So April 11th, and, uh, I'm writing a ton, but, uh, the habit for me is to, uh, literally write one sentence. So, <clears throat> you know, I wake up early in the morning and I write for an hour or two, but throughout the day, if I'm thinking, ah, oh, what should I be doing? I should be writing. And I think to myself, nah, I'm going to have to like sit down at my computer and I'm, then I'm going to have to really focus and write a lot. No, write one sentence. That is the non-negotiable chunk it down habit. So no matter what you're doing, if you want to learn to meditate, sit down on your meditation cushion or in a chair and take one deep breath. Um, you know, you want to uh, run a marathon put on your running clothes. You want to do yoga every day, do one sun salutation, like literally break it down into something that you could do if you're late for work. And if you do that, that is where momentum comes from. And so, you know, I, I, I always say like, chunk it down and keep it simple, stupid, like make sure it's so small and so dumb that you could do it if you were late for work. You know, hey, I'm like late for work. Oh, my God, I didn't meditate. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to sit down here and take one deep breath. <sighs> okay. You do that. You start to do that every day. Pretty soon you'll be sitting for longer and longer and longer. Uh, I know you were on a podcast with somebody named Ryan Cote, Cody? Ryan Cote, yeah. Cote. Yep, yep. Uh, the third way I was going to shoot <laughs> that pronunciation. Uh, so Ryan Cote, uh, you guys, Cote, Cote. Coty, I think it is. Yeah. Gosh, I still missed that. Oh, man. Uh, What I loved of it was you both were talking about morning routines. And, uh, you know, part of mine is two hours personal development, whatever I want to do, because I can go down rabbit holes. So the thing is, start. Yeah. It's like start a rabbit hole. The ADHD will just take over. And at seven o'clock, you're done. Uh, So it could be a fitness thing. It could be writing. It could be podcasting. Uh, what have you. But the thing it's not supposed to be is social media, which once in a blue moon, it does happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing yeah. that I liked about Ryan, though, was he he did something similar as far as like time commitment. He he found himself getting overwhelmed with a one hour to two hour morning routine that if he was in a rush to get kids to school or a rush to get to work, he felt bad because he didn't do the routine. And so he truncated it down to like, I think, 20 minutes. 
And so I remember you yeah. both talked about that a little bit and, uh, and it's just, it makes sense. You know, you know, what are those simple building blocks that, you know, if push comes to shove, it's a winning day. And I'm sure that plays off in the psychology of it all that you, you have that sense of victory by having that one little win. And by having that one little win, you, you're still building that momentum over time. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about the cocktail that happens in your brain. Uh, dopamine and serotonin gets released. It's the same thing that makes you want to reach over and grab your phone and check social media. But if you know that you did what you said you were going to do, right? I am going to sit down on my cushion, meditation cushion, no matter what. I'm going to put on my workout gear, no matter what. That actually gives you that sense of a victory. And that creates that, you know, uh, secretes dopamine, it creates, secretes serotonin. And what that does is that helps to myelinate the neurons in your brain, basically turning those nerves into, uh, information superhighways if they're repeated enough. And, and pretty soon you'll be doing that thing. And yeah, I'm a, look, I'm a huge fan of, of morning rituals and morning routines. And sometimes my morning routine lasts, two or three hours, depending on what I'm doing. But most of the time it lasts, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes, right? And so again, yeah, you want to really want to chunk things down just to their basic core and uh, give yourself just a little bit of space. And and who, who was it? Uh, I, I don't remember who said this, but they said, you know, if, uh, if you have, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, you better meditate for 20. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We did a similar episode where it was like, if you don't have time to th- like sit back and reflect on your life and where you are now, where you want to be, then you definitely need to make time to sit back and reflect on where yeah. your life is right now, where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So would it be helpful if I just kind of ran people through the basic principles of, of habits just uh, real quickly? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. You read my mind because cool. I was going to lead us yeah, there. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So basically the first thing, like I said, you want to like take a hundred percent responsibility. Uh, you can journal. You just want to like get to the point of like owning where it is, where you are. It doesn't matter. Like try to do it without shame. I know we like shame and blame ourselves and should all over ourselves. Don't try not to do that. Just get real present with where you are. Secondly, Decide what it is that you want and remember that uh, extraordinary lives in the land of the unreasonable. So be unreasonable, like make a goal so crazy that it feels good to you, that it feels exciting to you, right? So that's that's the, the uh, second thing. The third thing is decide what habit 
it is that will help you get there and chunk it down into something that will take you less than 30 seconds. So you want to chunk it down. Next, you want to remove any obstacles. And this is, this is a thing that people like uh, get wrong all the time. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to get up and I'm going to meditate in the morning. Well, where are you going to meditate? Oh, I, I've got to, you know, uh, I got to clean up first or I got to do this first. No, don't. If, you, if you're going to put on your workout clothes, make sure your workout clothes are right next to your bed. So that's the first thing that you do. Um, and next you want to uh, link or stack your habit on top of another habit. So for, for me, the first thing I do is I get up after I brush my teeth, I drink my water. After I drink my water, I meditate. After I meditate, I do my mobility. So notice I like have those things stacked on top of each other. And my, uh, my foundation is drinking my glass of water and I can stack everything on top of that. Um, surfing is also a habit. I'm, I'm injured right now, so I haven't been surfing, but, uh, you know, sometimes I drink my glass of water and I go surfing and I don't meditate until later. So I can, I can change those up. Uh, step five is you want to team up with somebody, you want to get an accountability buddy, or you want to uh, team up with a group and you're 95% more likely to perform a habit if you do it with somebody else. And then uh, last but not least, uh, you want to anchor your habit by celebrating no matter what. So let's say you do your habit. Yes, you celebrate, put your arms up in the air in the victory pose and celebrate because that will help to, again, release dopamine. And here's the th place where everybody goes wrong is when you don't do your habit and you realize you didn't do it and you start to blame yourself. Oh, I didn't do my habit. Uh, celebrate then too. throw your arms really? up in the air and say, yes, I realize I didn't do my habit. Why? Because the human animal turns towards what is pleasurable and away from what is unpleasant. And if you make missing your habit an unpleasant experience, what you're going to do is you're going to blow it off and say, you know what? I didn't do my habit. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Ah, screw it. I'm a bad person. I don't have this. No. Celebrate. And then here's something I learned in meditation. Start again. Because meditation is, contrary to popular belief, is not about clearing the mind. It's about being present for what's happening. And so what happens is, is the mind goes off on a tangent and then you realize, oh my God, I've been thinking about like my eighth grade girlfriend for the last like two hours, come back and focus on the breath. Start again, How does he do start this? again, okay. start again. <laughs> so those are the basic principles. If you do those, if you do those um, six steps, you, you will be successful. It's impossible for you not to be successful. So, um, and, and, uh, Jerry, I actually, uh, put up a URL for uh, your, uh, the listeners. It's uh, jonalarkin.com slash beyond the rut. And you can go on there and you can download some cheat sheets and all that stuff. Cause I know it's a little hard when, you know, I'm just yammering on here about habits. Um, but there's some checklists and things like that you can download. That also was my next question, which is how can folks find you get plugged in for the first time? And uh, yeah. that's the perfect jumpstart. Jonalarkin.com slash beyond the rut. Uh, so Rudder Nation, uh, that's you and you're looking for that next step, go check it out. Uh, and then you, 
I know you challenged yourself to write a book, so we're going to have to keep in touch. And when that book's ready sure. to launch, let me know and we'll get you on here again and plug that bad boy. Uh, it's been great Sounds to have great. you on here. Yeah. This is awesome sauce. Awesome stuff. And uh, any, any final words of wisdom, though, before we go? There we go. Mm, final words of wisdom. That's that's always a that's always a tough one, but um, you know I think I think the biggest thing is uh, to just make space for what is true for you, like really make space for what is true, and whether you're pissed off, angry, um, whether you're calm, uh, whether you're stressed out, um, whatever it is. Like, can you make some space today, even if it's one minute, just to get really present with the truth of where you are? Because, you know, they say the truth will set you free, but man, the truth's scary a lot of times, (laughs) you know, it's like, I don't want to accept a lot of things about myself, but um, actually getting to the point where I can be truthful a little bit creates, creates some space around that. And um you know, contrary to popular belief, it's actually motivating. So that yeah, would be my, that'd be my, my uh, reminder to myself today. I think that was the perfect end cap to this conversation. And again, Jonah, thank you for being on here and uh, we're going to stay in touch. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jerry. Really great conversation. There you have it. Jonah shared with us his story of facing burnout, recognizing burnout, what he did to overcome it, and provided you with six ways you could immediately boost your energy in life, have some direction, and find the success that is meaningful for you. What I'd like you to do now is hit the share button on however you're listening to this episode right now and share it with your social media circles, somebody you know specifically and individually who would love this type of information and apply it to their own lives. So don't just keep it for yourself. Be that person who gets some good news, some good information, and shares it with others to help life better for them. Life become better for them. You know what I meant. All right. So maybe you're looking for more information as well. Go check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 317. There you'll find the audio for this episode, as well as some of the notes that uh, came out of this show. So if you want to write up a tweet or something, you can pull some content from that web, that blog post. Uh, but maybe you want to click on Jonah's website and you don't remember it, but you do remember Beyond the Rut. So that would be a great way to go there. So beyondtherut.com slash 317. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week. I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.